Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations with us, your host, Jeffrey Stegman. And I'm Clayton Stegman. As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. This episode is a little different. It's a webinar that we did live with an audience where we dive into some of our research results from our focused life force energy research team. And what we discover is quite exciting. This episode also has a special meditation for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fields of Consciousness. Glad to have you with us. Today we'll be, as Clayton said, diving into some research. FLFE or Focus Life Force Energy is our business. Clayton and I started, geez, Clayton, almost eight years ago now. And we are committed to research um, on high consciousness fields, the benefits, the effects, what happens uh, in a high consciousness field. And we'll be talking about that today. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. This, this episode is a different layout. It's a recording from a live video webinar. There are some charts and visual research. So if possible, we suggest watching this episode on YouTube rather than listening. If you prefer listening on audio only, any charts or resources mentioned are in the show notes. We have a short meditation in the show notes as well for your enjoyment. Dr. Gary Schwartz is back on the podcast with us to review these findings collected from the research on the FLFE high consciousness field. And the results are very exciting. We're excited to share it with you as well. And for those of you that missed the luck and synchronicities podcast, uh, with Gary, uh, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that. So Gary Schwartz, PhD, is a professor of psychology, medicine, neurology, psychiatry, and surgery at the University of Arizona and director of its Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health. Gary received his PhD from Harvard in 1971 and was an assistant professor at Harvard, you know, through 1976. He then served as a tenure professor of psychology and psychiatry at Yale University, and he was director of the Yale Psychophysiology Center and co-director of the Yale Behavioral Medicine Clinic before moving to the University of Arizona in 1988. So Gary's quite a prolific publisher. He's published 500 scientific papers, including six papers in the journal Science. He's co-edited co 14 academic books, and he's the author of numerous books uh, that 
I really enjoy. I've been reading a number of them lately. Um, Super Synchronicity that he released in 2017 uh, relates to the podcast that we had previously. Um, he's more recently published The Sacred Promise about uh, science and spirituality and bridging the gaps. The Energy Healing Experiments, uh, which was really interesting about uh, experiments related to energy healing, say, you know, like Reiki and other things like that. Truth about mediums that was looking at, um, you know, mediums connecting to the other side, to those people that had passed over. Afterlife experiments related to that and a book called The Living Energy Universe. All very, very interesting. Um, so he's a fellow of the American Psychological Association um, and um, uh, so much more. And um, he, what's really interesting, and we, we really love um, his work in this area, is that Gary's a co-founder of the Academy for Advances in Post-Material Sciences. So again, that's you know not being informed, but passing over into a post-material form and served as its first president. So his research, and really so excited to have him part of the FLFE research team, his research integrates mind, body, medicine, energy medicine, and spiritual medicine. And his current, current research uh, focuses on uh, the application of in really innovative technologies for communicating with people that have physically passed over. It's called the Soul Phone. The, the uh, organization is thesoulphone.org, if you want to look it up, and um, as well as advancing human consciousness and well-being. Dr. Gary Schwartz is joining us today. Welcome, Gary. Hello, everyone, and thank you. It's, it's a privilege to be with you on this special day. For all of you uh, scientifically minded people and research geeks, we will have an opportunity uh, after Gary presents his data to ask about the uh, the research and how it was conducted and and dive even deeper into maybe some of the details that Gary is going to share with us. And in addition to our answering questions about the FLFE service, as Jeff mentioned earlier, uh, Gary is part of our research team at FLFE. The research team involves uh, Gary and uh, Lewis Humphreys, Paul A. Bellwood, Maria Colomy, uh, Jeff, and myself. Um, Gary was a recent guest on our podcast, Fields of Consciousness, and the topic was uh, super synchronicities. So you can look that up if you would like to hear more about Gary's uh, philosophy of life and Sure, if you last with us. So we have uh, questions and comments for us in the Q&A. Maria and uh, perhaps Aditi will be responding in the chat as much as they can to answer your questions there for you. If you have, um, if we have time, we'll answer questions. Um, from that ourselves and we'll perhaps have conversations with you as you'll be able to put your hands up uh, personally. So it's good, good to have you all with you again. And uh, we've got 
just under 200 people with us right now, which is great. And yeah, love love seeing where you're from in the chat. Uh, everywhere from Asheville, North Carolina to Spain to California to all over Canada. It's it's great to see those. So again, as Clayton said, after the the meditation and the rest of the program, including uh, Gary's presentation on on some of our latest FLFE research, uh, we'll we'll be we'd love to hear from you. We always love to hear your comments and questions and discussions. It's it's always really great. In fact, we get so carried away talking to to you all that we the last couple of webinars we haven't gone into the Q and A and asked answered those questions. So we're going to try to do that today. But we just we just love talking to you. Uh, a quick reminder: we're in a 700 consciousness field during this webinar. Each of you listening, people that are listening, there's a field activated. So you might consider drinking up. Drinking. I was going to raise my cup, but drinking <laughs> lots of uh, hydrating liquids and um, magnesium and essential fatty acids you could consider taking afterwards. So we are going to do a short FLFE community meditation today. We intend to develop a community meditation practice during webinars on a regular basis. And we're working on a uh, kind of a, uh, a script for that so that we have a basis to go from. Um, as you may have experienced, there is more power in a high consciousness field to manifest intentions. So as we go through this meditation, there may be something that you're intending to bring into your life that you can focus on. You also may have discovered that you can direct the FLFE energy for beneficial purposes. And we may include that in our meditations today and in the future. So some of you may have um, seen our podcast, Fields of Consciousness. Uh, we had Gary on as a guest talking about synchronicities. And um, so it's a great one to see. There's, it's a two-part two part, uh, podcast. Uh, but what, what I was reminded of in that podcast was just how consciousness seems to be the structure, the underlying structure of everything. And these seemingly impossible or extremely improbable uh, multiple synchronicities uh, that we talked about there. And many of you may have may also connect in, to synchronicities, which we sort of came to the conclusion. It's one of the languages of the divine speaking to us through synchronicities, but there's an enormous scale in which reality is bent or affected for all these synchronicities to happen and all these things to come together um, triggered by our consciousness. It's just a reminder of the power of our consciousness and the power of our intention and coming together in these FLFE community meditations. It's an opportunity to direct that along with the FLFE energy to, to make a difference in the world. And, um, Today, we're going to do a relatively short one as we have a lot to cover today and lots of, lots of treats in store. The meditation is downloadable, linked in the show notes for you to listen and enjoy. 
Share it with others if you like. If you are driving, please listen to the downloaded version when you are stationary in a place that you can close your eyes and relax. Yeah, we put quite a high consciousness field on the meditation. So it's, you know, why we recommend not driving, not operating heavy equipment of any kind. Just put yourself on a couch somewhere and enjoy it. All right, everyone, why don't we just settle into our seats and close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to ask for divinity, intelligent infinity to flow energy through the realms, seen and unseen, into all of us, into this group now and those watching in the future. And as the energies energies gathering, we ask for a protocol of protection around all of us during this meditation. And in this energy and in the effortless energy of your location or around your cell phone, in your mind, you could express gratitude for what you have, for all that you have. And we'll do that individually for one minute. free to add anything you wish, Clayton. Well, holding that gratitude and continuing to feel it, let us form a circle. Everyone on this call, all 211 at this point, and those who join later and watch this later, we form a large circle. You could picture each of us facing inwards to the center of the circle. And in the center, shining like the brightest sun, is divinity, intelligent, infinity. And in this circle together, in this Ephelophy energy and this 
energy of each one of us joining the circle. There is a synergy multiplying effect of each of us holding gratitude in our hearts and this shining light upon us. And just ask for you to notice you have a neighbor to your left. And in a clockwise fashion, share gratitude to your left, to your neighbor to your left. Each of us sharing gratitude to our left and then to the person, second person to the third. We're sharing gratitude in a huge circle of all of us. And the FLFE energy, or direct the FLFE energy to move in this clockwise fashion to amplify the gratitude and the positive effects of receiving gratitude from our neighbor to the right. It's bathing our body, mind, and spirit with gratitude. And we're passing it on. with the bright light of divinity in the center, shining and amplifying as well, the circle of gratitude. Now, if you wish, you could bring your loved ones, your family, anyone you wish into the circle so that they may receive this gratitude bath and this shining light of divinity for whatever they need. Picture this energy, this light, ever brighter and moving around the circle as the gratitude builds. And those in the center we've chosen to bring in. Filled with light, love, and gratitude. Now let us move the earth, just picture the earth moving into the circle. We're just allowing this energy to just go to wherever it's needed the most. To whoever it's needed the most.
I'll let you, you wrap it up, Clayton, when you see fit. As we see the earth receiving the shared good that we have created together between ourselves, the members of the community, your friends and family and whoever else you've called into the circle. And now that we've blessed the earth and thanked it for all that it gives us, for all the material things in life, for all of our food and clothing and shelter. Then we offer up this abundance to the entire universe, to all of creation, trusting that there is an intelligence in this place that we share this co-created space that we're in that will send this abundance out to wherever it needs to go in all of creation. Now we are going to turn that light back inward again, noticing that we are full, that our cup is overflowing with good. We take the energetic image of the earth and let it go back to the place that it needs to. We thank our friends and family and others that we called into the circle and ask that they energetically go back to wherever they need to be. We step back out of the circle, perhaps noticing somebody that we recognize. We are now an individual the light of divinity still shining on all of us. And we notice we are coming back into our bodies. Our feet on the floor. We notice our body in a chair. If we are in a chair, we are energized. We are happy and we are resourced in whatever way we need to, to take the next conscious steps in our lives, moving forward from this abundant state. I invite you to open your eyes 
as you notice your breathing. And noticing the peace in our bodies as we continue on today. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Thank you to everyone in the circle now and in the future. So you have a world LOC update, Jeff. That would be great. Yeah, I'm trying to bring it, bring it back into uh, yeah into uh, 3D here. Yes. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I can share a screen here in a moment. And, okay. Um, we, do you want to? Uh, yeah, I'll, give I'll a start little us off intro. On that. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that many people have told us they find interesting is for us to give a report on the level of consciousness of the planet, a couple of countries on the planet, and relate it to current um, circumstances in the world. Mm -hmm. And it gives us a chance to explore the relationship between levels of consciousness and events in society which does remind us that we're co-creators and that the world we live in is of our, uh, we'll say imagination and efforts. So we, and because we're data people, we like data. So we put numbers to the, the measurements. And for those of you unfamiliar with uh, our work, we, we use the Hawkins map of consciousness to measure these uh, um, influences on the planet. Um, if you go on to, um, I think it's a veritas.pub, that is Dr. Hawkins' uh, body of work is on there. Uh, we are not associated with Dr. Hawkins in any way other than being students of his. And we just wanted to let you know what reference we are using when we measure this. These graphs and presentations will be added into the show notes. So whenever you're ready, Jeff, if you have that chart, bring that up and I'll share some numbers. Okay. So you can see some historical perspective here. We're going to focus on the last four months on the chart. You can see that it goes back to the fall of 2019. You can see what happened when uh, COVID was announced in March. Down into April, we dropped to the lowest uh, level of consciousness that the planet has been at since the literally the Middle Ages. And then we've come back up and we've had uh, an event that we thought was worth mentioning, which was the U.S. Capitol event. I think that was... January 5th, 6th, and 7th, if I remember correctly. And you can see where the world was at a certain level of consciousness and the United States went to 150. Well, the world at that time was over 200 on the Hawkins map. And this is on average over the a month of, of the, so that's January, 2021. Uh, 
200 is courage, 200 is integrity on the Hawkins map of consciousness, 150 is uh, anger. So when you have an event such as the U.S. Capitol event, whatever you want to frame that as, a society will go into typically will go into turmoil. Uh, down at uh, 100, you have fear. That is, um, you can see in April 2020, the world was primarily at fear as we didn't know the effects of COVID and what it would do. And then, uh, of course, the, the U.S., as most countries do, they rise quicker. A smaller system will typically rise quicker than a larger system. So the U.S. started going up quite quickly. The world stabilized uh, over 200. And then uh, we had the conflict in Ukraine. I think it was the 24th of um, February, if I'm correct. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah, don't quote me on that. Okay, that's correct. So you can see where the world, again, went just down to about 150, uh, around 150 to 180. And that's basically the effect of uh, conflict in the world. The world goes to anger as we're uncertain, frustrated, and afraid of what might happen. And Clayton, that that mm -hmm. is the average for the month and the actual um, on those days of February 24th, mm -hmm. 25th, and 26th, the world went to 100 or fear, yes. and the U.S. was at 150. So for those three days, so uh, of, you know the rest of the month was much higher. So that was the average that we see on the chart. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Jeff. There's only so much data you can put in these charts. So we're, we're trying to create a historical perspective. And so that just gives us an idea of the impact of world events and how that might affect our individual consciousness. And then you can see the USA uh, starting to climb again as we're at least settled with the level of conflict over there and where it's progressing. It's not what we would like, of course, but there is a certain settledness that comes with something over time as the amount of fear typically is diminished because we're seeing a pattern of behavior that we assume is going to project into the future. Now, um, other countries in the world might parallel this very closely depending on their foreign policy and their involvement in Ukraine. If we did this with the world and Ukraine, you can imagine uh, Ukraine would be much lower. There may have been times, well, there were times in Ukraine that the country was at uh, so 50 out of 1,000 for at least several days, which has sort of been the despair uh, level of consciousness. So, um, you know, we could spend a lot of time going into detail about data, but we just wanted to give you um, an update and share uh, a perspective that many of you have found uh, helpful from what you've told us. So I'm just looking at our notes on this, Jeff, and I, I didn't go into the level of detail that is in the notes, but I, I feel that's pretty complete. Does that, uh, that seem good to you? Yeah, I feel good. And yeah. we do have a, a PIF on Ukraine. And um, 
you know, doing our best on the energetic side. And that we, in the previous uh, webinar, we did a meditation um, to raise the level of consciousness of, of the country. So we thought we'd move into the FLFE research. Um, I wanted to give a short introduction, um, a review of the FLFE research. Um, so we're, we're, re we're looking into high consciousness fields. You know, what are the effects, what are the benefits of high consciousness fields? Um, we're doing research with plants. Um, this research project we're talking about today is uh, with the FLFE subscribers. Uh, and we have substantial resources of the company going into, into this research. Um, and it's to support FLFE and, you know, evidence for, for what we're doing here, but it's also to explore the implications of high consciousness fields of consciousness fields in general. And there's, um, you know, with Gary's help and, and Lewis and Paulet and, Maria, there's quite a lot of uh, research projects, you know, lined up that um, are very exciting. We'll introduce those as we as we move into those. Um, but it's all furthering the FLFE mission of supporting the optimal conditions for the evolution of consciousness. So, you know, in that, you know, we're activating a field, a high consciousness field with service. You know, its purpose is you know, to support the evolution of consciousness. And, you know, we're one of the sidebar, we're starting to call, I love using sidebar now, Gary, it's, it's I'm sorry, it's your, it's your term, but it's, it's, it's a good, good way to like signal. Here's comes a diversion. Um, but uh, we're calling the FLFE service, service for seekers, because we do find that many, many people are conscious, you know, seekers in this, in this uh, situation means people that are consciously on the evolutionary path. And we find that many of our subscribers are, are, you know, very, um, you could say veterans and really consciously and vigorously on that path. And we see a lot of really, really wise and interesting things on the private Facebook page. Um, and there's other benefits to being um, in the FLFE high consciousness field, which we'll discuss in this research. And this research really came from the community, from you all, from your spontaneous uh, testimonials, phone calls, Facebook posts, and emails. And that really was the start of this research. And I should mention that, you know, we're in which I've heard you call Gary frontier research, where it's really kind of out, out ahead. And, um, you know, much of what we're working with is um, the benefits without having all the theories in mainstream science to that would explain it. Um, so we're, we're developing what we call a gold standard of research. And Gary will talk a little bit about that, that <clears throat> brings a high level of rigor to our FLFE research projects because of the nonlinear nature of the service and the benefits that we're seeing and, and that we, you know, we really need to, 
develop a, a, a very high standard that we could then share with other companies like FLFE or other services or other products where they are also in the nonlinear realm of, you know, the frontiers. Uh, with that, I think I'll, I'll pass it to you, Gary. Thank Is there you. something else you would like to say, Clayton? Uh, sorry. Um, for those of you who may be here for the first time, the PIF that Jeff mentioned is a free service that we offer to subscribers. Um, when you purchase a, uh, a subscription, we give you a, a lower level of consciousness free uh, service with no programs on it for as long as we own the company. And we made some adjustments in our machines and we put the entire country of Ukraine on temporarily. So we're not sure how long we can leave that on, but just for those of you who were wondering what that PIF was, we are making an extraordinary effort to help Ukraine at this time uh, in the ways that we can. So um, I should probably say something nice about you as well, Gary. You don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gary is, um, Gary's a scientist, but other than considering him my friend, the thing I most respect about Gary is a, a spiritual seeker and uh, he has the courage to, uh, and I think the, the resourcefulness to explore some of these nonlinear um, these nonlinear um, technologies that he's certainly involved in with his own body of work and, and with ours. And so when we were looking for somebody to help us um, quantify and standardize our, our way of uh, vetting the service so that we can serve people whose minds may want that type of information so that they can uh, relax into at least trying it. Uh, Gary was uh, the guy that kept coming up. And so we're really glad to have you, Gary. Thank you for what you've done for us so far. My privilege. What's very special today is that we have major data that justifies your enthusiasm for all this <laughs> and everybody else's. And it's a, it's a privilege to be able to share it. Would you like me to start? Please. Okay. So what I have to do to make sure that we've got this correct is get the right um, screen up and we'll see whether this works. I say share. And once we do that, then we'll know that we're okay. Can everybody see that? Mm -hmm. It's good. And what we want to do is now also go back here to the beginning. Okay. Um, I'd like to just make a couple of introductory remarks, if I might. First of all, by saying that um, I really want to thank Clayton and Jeff for uh, not only inspiring all this, but um, making it possible to share all of this with people who really care about hearing it. Um, And this today is a special day because it's the first time we're I think you're going public with this initial stage of this work. 
Um, so I want to honor that that specialness. The second is that um, besides thanking everyone on the team, it's a really quite an extraordinary team doing extraordinary research. Um, I'd also like to actually dedicate this to two people. Um, one person is Professor William James from Harvard University, who lived over a century ago. And um, he was a physician and a philosopher who also bridged science and spirituality. And he was, what, so to speak, the grandfather of, of, of American psychology and, and, and a core leader in the birthing of psychology at a global level. And he was a hero of mine. In fact, I had the privilege to do my PhD in William James Hall, mm -hmm. uh, named after William James, you know, at Harvard. And um, one of William James's many wonderful ideas was his, his devotion to what he called radical empiricism. <laughs> and radical empiricism is the idea that you, that you not be afraid to ask questions and then follow the data where it takes you. Um, and, uh, and I would like to honor him today um, because he's part of the inspiration for me to have in, in the, quote, the courage to do this kind of work. The other person I'd like to honor is someone whose name is Miles Stegman, who people in FLE know well. Um, Miles has been an inspiration for ongoing research with the research team, particularly the plant research. And um, he suddenly, I think probably for most of us, unexpectedly uh, transitioned uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and although he may have passed on, he has not passed away. And um, I am uh, honored in part to be able to share this with his consciousness clearly in my mind and heart. And I hope for some of you, his as well. Okay, so let's talk about, first of all, what do we mean by the gold standard in these what called four phases of research? Um, and very briefly, phase one research is, uh, and I should explain by the way, that, that these phases uh, are, have been used to in various ways by various organizations, including, for example, biomedical research and also psychological research involving treatment outcomes. Um, and it can easily be applied to any area, including any kind of service work. And in phase one research, you're doing exploratory research. It's typically small scale, um, but it can have a large, even large numbers. And it addresses the question, does carefully collected user evidence suggest that a given service works? In other words, do people actually reporting things that are beneficial to them? It doesn't tell us how it works, but it justifies then seeking further research. Now, if positive findings are obtained, then we have phase two research, which is confirmatory and parametric research, typically also small scale, addressing the question, the laboratory and controlled experiments support the user evidence and also verify safety. Now, if positive findings are obtained here, which includes, by the way, working on understanding how it works as opposed to that it works, then we move on to what's called phase three research. Now, this is very large-scale research, typically, um, in, for example, the pharmacological industry or in other 
um, large-scale service providers, where you address the question to control the multi-center, multi-blinded, randomized control trials, replicate the phase two experiments in terms of efficacy and safety. And then if positive findings are obtained here, then some people do what's called phase four research, where you have real life validation experiments, typically large scale, addressing the question, are positive findings obtained observing in the phase three research replicated in large scale usage in real life? Because sometimes, for example, something can be observed when you do research on it, but then the effects are different when it's observed in real life. Um, and FLFE, um, as a visionary company, has the potential with, this, with these goals in mind to be able to address all four types of research in an ever-spiraling, evolving kind of way. Now, FLFE customers provide a wealth of spontaneous accounts of positive experiences with FLFE on the FLFE website as well as on the Facebook page. By the way, can you see my cursor? Is yes, that on the screen? Yes. That's wonderful because then I can point. So what were the four purposes of this retrospective phase one research? Purpose number one was to develop an instrument, which we call the customer experience survey, that could easily and effectively assess frequently reported benefits of FLFE. Now think about this. Where are these FLFE benefits coming from? They're being reported by users. This is user-generated, experience-generated research. It is the claims that you who are listening make as you've been on the service. Purpose two is to evaluate the degree of benefits in a representative sample of FLFE customers using a validated scale. Purpose number three is to explore the replicability of the degree of positive effects from FLFE as a function of, of gender or age and years of FLFE participation. That was the first step in this work. And then finally, purpose four it was, is to examine the relationship between expectation of benefits from less than expected to more than expected and degrees of positive experiences reported, which you'll see was added in step seven below. Now, one of the things I should say is that when you engage in radical empiricism, when you work at the court frontiers, when you're willing to follow the data where it takes you, one of the great lessons is to be prepared for surprises. It's also part of the great fun of being a seeker, seeking information. And you're gonna see there are a couple of uh, I would say extraordinary surprises that are about to be revealed. Okay, so let me give you the summary of the four findings so that you see the big picture, and then we're going to take you through each one in what they call the deep dive. So you're going to see lots of scientific data plus data that's been restructured um, by um, Maria and also Paula to make it easy for us to be able to see and understand. So the findings for purpose one is that the CES, the Customer Experience Survey, was found to be successful in easily and effectively assessing frequently reported FLFE customer experiences. We succeeded in doing that. Then findings for purpose two, the majority of FLFE customers report high rates of positive experiences across each of the 16 individual benefits that comprise the, the questionnaire we developed, replicating and extending spontaneous testimonials. Findings for purpose number three is that these 
Positive findings, importantly, were replicated across age, gender, and years using FLFE with a slight proviso there, you'll see. And findings for purpose number four is that the majority of FLFE customers reported that the benefits of FLE were greater than they expected. Think about this. You who are filled out these questionnaires ended up indicating that for many of you, your experiences were greater than you expected. And these individuals also reported the highest levels of positive experiences with FLFE. So, what were the eight steps we used for creating pilot testing and conducting the FLFE CES phase one research? Briefly, step one, approximately four years of spontaneous accounts of benefits were entered in verbatim into an Excel spreadsheet. Um, then two word frequency account analyses were performed and word cloud graphs were examined to see how the, the, con the content and concepts um, were, were structured. Three, a set of frequently reported benefits were selected by senior FLFE members and carefully crafted into questions that were easy to read and rate. Step four, additional questions regarding expectations, age, gender, and time using FLFE were created for a total of 20 questions. Then in step five, we did a pilot experiment, the first one of, of five people. The original CES one was taken by five executives and seniors FLFE staff members under two conditions. First, the items were rated based on their own personal experiences with FLFE. And two, items were rated again based on their predictions regarding how representative consumers would answer the questions. In the process, improvements in the wording specific benefits were made. So you do an initial pilot study. Then we did a second pilot study with a larger N and 14. The modified CES, which is number two, was then beta tested using FLFE staff. Additional modifications or wording and questions were made as indicated. Then step number three, we did a pilot study with N of 52 people, and that's already starting to move into something that we can draw um, decent conclusions about is something working working this version was announced on the flfe website and answered by approximately as they said 52 customers after analyzing the data it was decided to add the expectation question and also create six subcategories of benefits to make it easier to grok or understand the, the information in terms of physical items mental items emotional personal social nature and spiritual and then step A, we now have a representative retrospective phase one study, total of 338 people filled out all these questions. So now it's on Facebook, and there we have this data. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to include graphs that you'll see in the, in the summaries of the, or the quick look that Maria has so beautifully reported, but then give you the scientific data and the detailed graphs that show how these summary graphs were made. So you can see, for example, it's very easy to tell that using the four categories of under 20, age 21 to 40, age 41 to 60, and age 61 to 90, you can look at the color coding and you can see what the approximate uh, percentage or numbers of people were in each category. So there's a fairly large distribution of age. You can also see in terms of males and females that the females were clearly more represented than males which is, I think, my understanding of that's the way the service is in general. Now, what were the 16 items and the six subcategories of FLFE reported benefits? So I'm going to take you through each of the items 
So you're, and you can think about how you experienced um, these, the degree to which you experienced them. And they were rated, by the way, from one, which essentially was never or not at all, to five, which is very often. And we were talking about frequency of noticing these changes. For the physical items, we have how often have you experienced more physical energy? And a second one is how often have you experienced more restful sleep? These numbers over here are actually where the questions fell in the order that they were presented and that you filled them out, as opposed to uh, the, the, the questionnaire didn't present them in this order, which means they were, quote, scrambled. Um, mental items, by contrast, were how often have you experienced more mental clarity? And how often have you experienced that it's easier to notice a negative thought and move it to a more positive thought? This item becomes very important because it was also one of the most frequently reported benefits. Then in the emotional category, we have three items. How often have you noticed more joy, laughter, or fun for those in the FLFB environment? Nine, how often have you experienced a relief from anxiety? And the 12 here was how often have you noticed that it's easier to find forgiveness? Again, one that I was surprised that came up so frequently in terms of experience change. I say I was surprised because I wasn't thinking of this from in terms of high consciousness fields, because that becomes a prediction. Um, then we have personal and social items. Um, how often have you noticed improvements in communication among those around you in the FLFV environment? How often have you noticed more ease and flow in everyday life? How often have you noticed positive changes in overall quality of life? How often have you noticed engaging less in perceived bad habits? How often have you experienced breakthroughs or seen bigger life changes? And again, I remind you, where did these items come from? They came from you. This is all based on your spontaneous testimonials, which we then formalized, formalized in the instrument. Then we have two items that relate to nature, which I have a pet interest in, no pun intended, which is how often have you noticed the change in the vitality or growth of your house plants? which of course requires that you have health plants if you're going to see a change. And then how often have you noticed the presence of abundant wildlife beyond what you normally experienced? Again, it helps if you're living out in the country or have it, you know, abundant wildlife that could appear. And finally, spiritual, some of you, and many of you may be particularly interested in this, I happen to be one of those people. How often have you experienced easier or deeper meditations or feel more connected overall? And finally, how often have you seen or experienced more synchronicities of any kind that called relevance to you personally? So those are the 16 items. So now we're going to get to like numbers. Okay. Uh, purpose number one, is the 16 item CES a reliable instrument? And one of the ways scientists check reliability is they look to see to which a given item is correlated with other items in an, in an instrument. So we, you see, we have 16 items going across here in the order that they occurred. This, these are the, the rows, well, down. So these are the columns, and then they're in rows. And of course, the rows are also the items. Now, what is a correlation? A correlation is the extent to which two sets of, sets of numbers um, are related to each other. 
And the maximum that can be related is 100% perfection, which in statistics term is called a one. If there's no relationship, the number is a zero. And if they're inversely related, they're out of phase, for example, you have a minus one. So the numbers range from minus one uh, to plus one. Now you'll notice all these ones down here in the darker number. The reason is that when an item is correlated with itself, it better be perfect. This is one of the ways you know your statistics program is working is that the item correlates well with itself. Once you know it correlates well with yourself, then you can look to see whether to what extent do people who report increased in physical energy, do they report increase in mental clarity or joy or fun or restful sleep and so on. And the thing that's amazing about these data is that the numbers are all above, typically above 50.5, and they, they, they go up to you know, 0.7, even 0.8. These numbers are highly statistically significant. Um, so every item correlates with every other item. So if you want to create an instrument of overall perceived benefit, it passes one of the first criteria for looking at. Now, you can do this in a more sophisticated way by looking at, for example, uh, what's called split half reliability and something called the, uh, for example, the Kronbach's alpha. And again, this number can be from zero to 0.1. Um, anything that's typically around 0.8 or, 8 or so, you're really quite happy with. The CES was 0.969, which is really excellent for an instrument to justify its use. And if you also look at the what's called split half reliability, looking in terms of the first and second set half of the items, and you look at what's called the Gutman split half reliability or other measures, you see they're clearly above nine anywhere from 9.5 to 9.7. So we have some confidence now in knowing that at least in terms of the internal consistency of the scale that we created, um, that it holds together sufficiently well to justify using it to assess people's experiences. You also want to look at the, when we create the sub- scales, or we talked about physical, mental, emotional, personal, nature, and spiritual. And we, again, have the columns and the rows. Again, everything's correlated with everything, um, which, by the way, had better be the case if each of the individual items were correlated with each other. And so, again, this provides further consistency um, and confidence. So we now move on to purpose number two. Do a majority of respondents report positive benefits with FLFE? And the answer is clearly yes. If we take this, the items, uh, and the ratings, as you know, are from none or minimal, which are numbers of one and two, or some items, some benefit, which is a rating of three, versus a substantial benefit, which is a rating of four and five. And then you classify each person in terms of their average rating across the 16 items. You can see that 57.86%, i.e. around 58% of people report substantial benefits. 23.48% report some benefits. And only 18.7% report no or minimal benefits. So if you were looking to see whether some or substantial benefits, you're talking about more than 80% of the people who, the 338 people who answered this question reported positive benefits. Now, of course, you would think that people who would care enough to 
fill out a questionnaire are going to be people who care about FLFE and might report positive benefits. The fact that we see a clear, small, but nonetheless representative sample of people reporting minimal or no benefits gives us confidence that the data are real. Because nothing works for everyone. And also, there are other factors why people not, might not report benefits if benefits are there to be found. For example, you get habituated to good things and then you stop noticing them. It's a standard phenomena that you know, many people experience. So all of this suggests we want to do more research. And this is a plot of those means. And I want you to look at the shape of this curve because this shape is repeated over and over again. So for example, by the way, like, um, like Clayton and Jeff, I really love data. And so I, when I get into data, I get into data and I like to look at it thoroughly and completely. So in my quote, um, I would say obsessive seeking of information from data, not wanting to waste a single possible gem and honoring the fact that people have given their time and energy into filling out these questionnaires, I will analyze and analyze and I'm just displaying how the data came out. So look at this. This is a plot of the average for every single item. All 16 items uh, are individually plotted on this, this graph. Excel is so nice because it makes it much prettier than my statistics packages. But anyway, you can see that every item shows this general effect. This is a pattern that shows for every single item. So we know that whatever this effect is, and it's clearly there, it's something that is highly repeated across the items. Now, purpose three, do the majority of respondents reporting positive benefits replicate across gender? The answer is clearly yes. When we split them, the, the, uh, the subjects into male, people who reported being males versus people who reported being females, there were other people who didn't report their gender, so we didn't include them. You can see that both males and females show the identical trend. So this is not just due to female participants with epilepsy. This is, for the sample as a whole, applies to both men and women. Purpose number three also, do the majority of respondents reporting positive benefits replicate across age? The answer is yes. So here I have five age groups, which I originally separated into the categories of less, you know, 33 years or less, 34 to 45, 34 to 44, 45 to 54, 55 to 64, and above 65. And you can say, why did I do that? When we had the earlier one, were only four age groups. And the reason is because I was attempting to split the data so that we had fairly comparable and large numbers in each of the groups. So going up to age 33, we had an N of 30. And then getting to the next category, we have an N of 61. So these are, are sufficiently large enough that each of the curves are valid. And notice, irrespective of age, the effects are the same. So old people get benefit not just younger people, old and earth years. Okay, purpose number three again. Do the majority of respondents reporting positive benefits replicate across length of using FLFE? Yes, with, one, with a minor exception here. Now, plotting the data these, this way 
um, is not the clearest way to see the to see the results, as you'll see when Maria does her her beautiful ways of of integrating the data. But if you split people into less than three months, three months to twelve months, one to two years, two to three years, or greater than three years, which are these five groups, and you can see that less than three months, the n was one hundred twenty one, whereas three to twelve months was n of one hundred seven. The smallest group was greater than three years, that is filling out the sample, not surprising, and 30. You can see all four groups show this effect. They show the same trend, but one group showed a much smaller trend, smaller trend here, and that's the group that were less than three months. So the less than three months group are showing some effects, not, near, not as large as what happens when you go from three months to one year. Now, again, before we jump to any conclusions about interpretation, right now we're just in the radical empiricism. We're looking at the data. Later, we can talk about, well, how might we explain these data? What else would we do to be able to replicate to be sure that these data are, in fact, the right, you know, are, are an accurate generalization and so on? So I, I share these results. Now, these are the same data, but replotted by Maria. Um, and you can see here now the what's called the y-axis is the, um, the, uh, the, the, the percent scores. And on the x-axis, we now have years in the service. And it's very easy to see that as you go along in the service, the, you know, the, 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 most people are reporting, obviously, the high benefits. And then you've got some benefits here. And it really trails off at the by the time you get three years in terms of people not reporting anything, again, we're not putting an interpretation on this. Um, but you can also see that that this is where the, uh, you know, the first few months, but it's a, a, just a beautiful curve. It just, I mean, it's, it's aesthetically pretty and the data are also <laughs> really nice. Okay, now purpose number four, can the expectation of FLFE effectiveness explain the experience of FLFE benefits. In other words, if we were gonna go from a, is something happening to the first question that anyone wants to earn, ask whether you're a skeptic or not. But if you're a true seeker and you wanna know why is this happening, you wanna know whether or not is people's expectations what determines the outcome. So we included, because this was a retrospective study, we included an item where people filled out whether, they, whether the results that they experienced were less than expected or were the results that the benefits that they experienced as they anticipated or was, were they greater than expected, expected. And I, as someone who is, if you would, uh, the... Um, the person who's supposed to approach all of this with as little pre-bias or pre-experience as possible so I can look at the data afresh. Um, I, for one, and I think many others were expected that the, surprised that the, the people who reported that the effects were greater than they expected when they started the program that represents two thirds of the people who reported, which means what? 
A, they couldn't have had very high expectations because if they had very high expectations, it couldn't have been greater than expected. And again, we don't know because we didn't collect those data, but you could be sure we will in the next survey as we progress in the research. You really want to be able to get what the pre-values are starting ahead of time as opposed to memory to see how that relates to outcome. But the only way you can get these results is if many people were unsure about whether the results were positive or negative. So there could be some room for surprise. And if you'll notice, if you notice here, not only were two thirds of the sample uh, with the results greater than expected, and a good 17% were as expected, but only about 16% of the people reporting who filled out the questionnaire reported it as being less than the expected. And if you look now at their ratings of, uh, of perceived benefits, in this case, on each of the subscales, the physical, the mental, emotional, personal, nature, and spiritual, i.e., these are six categories as opposed to all 16 items, you can see the results as clear as day. The people who were where the where the findings were greater than expected, their perceived benefits, they were the people who reported the highest benefits. Mm. So if you're going to be surprised, isn't it nice to be surprised with, uh, with strongly positive benefits? Okay. Now, these are the same data regraphed by Maria. And of course, they're really easy to see it in this fashion. But people have more. These are the real numbers now from which these graphs were then created. So now you have access to both of those graphs. Now, this gets to be a little complicated. But um, I was told that, that enough of you who are listening want to get into a nitty gritty so that I'll give you at least one thing that's a little complicated so you can ponder this. And that is, can expectation of FLFE effectiveness explain experience of FLFE benefit? Again, I say no. Again, we've seen the same value ratings that we said before in terms of the percentage here. But now what I want to do is I want to graph these in terms of people who reported minimal and no fine uh, benefits, some benefits or substantial benefits. Now, if we look at the group which was greater than expected, you'll notice that over 80% of these people reported clearly substantial benefits. Another 12% reported some benefits and virtually none of them reported no benefits or minimal or no benefits. Not surprisingly, the people who are less who, who, who experienced things less than expected, the predominance of these people reported minimal benefits. And some of them reported, obviously, some benefits, but relatively few reported, now this is a very small end, reported only minimal benefits. If it was as was expected, notice the peak is in the middle, hmm. where it's either less on on either substantial or minimal. These are the data. They look complicated until you explain them. Um, but they're, again, they quote, make sense. And this is just the summary, remembering that these, are, these items are all highly reliable, but these break into this mm. when, we look at the, when we look at the in a more sophisticated fashion. Now here's the last bit of data, and I, I was really surprised again about this. What happens if we rank order the items in terms of 
items where people reported the least benefits for those that were reporting the most benefits. We look at the items and see how they, they line up. Is there any trend? Is there any pattern? Is there any structure? Is it teaching us anything about epilepsy? And I plotted them separately for those who reported where the benefits were greater than expected. And then I'll show you the other two, as expected and then below expected. Notice, sort of not surprisingly, the average was least reported for abundant wildlife and vital plants. But again, if you don't have plants, you're not going to see many changes. And if you don't have a lot of wildlife, so unless you have data about people's locales and the, the number of plants they have in their house, you can't interpret this number. But what is interesting here is restful sleep and physical energy. People did not report as highly benefits. I mean, clearly reporting benefits, but it's not nearly as high as the items that were the most stellar. And those most stellar of highest items, which I will emphasize here, is improvement in overall quality of life, capacity to express forgiveness, and the ease of shifting from negative to positive thoughts and actions. Hmm. This is the kind of change that I think many people would like in their lives. Now, the question is, is this pattern only what present if the, um, you have benefits that are greater than expected? So, of course, you know me now. I had to look at the data. Anyway, here's the data. Now, again, the scale is lower. So uh, these numbers are lower, obviously. Three is, the, as you know, the, the moderate range for for. Uh, for experiencing positive symptoms. But look at the graph. The shape is virtually identical. Abundant and relief anxiety and breakthroughs are down here. Physical energy is still down here. And notice what's highest up here, forgiveness, negative to positive. Quality of life is down a little bit more. Improved communication is up here. But the general trend of these items is very similar. If we now look at the people with the benefits were less than expected. I think this needs to be reversed. Anyway, the, you'll notice here the ratings are now lowest. Again, abundant wildlife, physical energy, interesting, joy and fun are lower. But look what's up here again, highest again. Even among people who reported benefits less than what they expected, forgiveness and negative to positive, and also deep meditation was up there. So there is some pattern here yet to be understood, um, which may make sense to some of you, um, which is telling us there's something real going on here. Now, again, we can thank you know, Maria for this, but she's plotted it in a much cleaner and prettier way for this total sample as a whole. So you can see that for all the people together, um, forgiveness negative, positive, and deeper medication here, meditation. You can see this are clearly the highest compared to the lowest. And that's a very aesthetically pretty and, and also intellectually pretty graph. Finally, she's created a graph here where every single item in the order that they were filled out is listed in terms of less than as expected or better than expected. So you can see the whole thing in one clear 
grant. So what are the conclusions that we can reach from this phase one retrospective exploratory is something happening data set? What can we draw from this? Conclusion number one, it is possible to measure 16 commonly reported benefits from FLFE using a standardized questionnaire or survey. Conclusion number two, the majority, as we said, 58% approximately of respondents in a relatively large sample, we say relatively large sample because that's a lot of people. It's not a huge number in terms of the total customer base of FLFE, but it's large for an initial exploratory phase one experiment for this work. Report experiencing these benefits an additional approximately 23% report experiencing some benefits. Only 18.66% of the respondents report minimal or no benefits. Conclusion number three, these substantial effects are replicated across genders and ages. They're also replicated across people experiencing the FLF service for three months or longer, extending beyond three years. That's clearly the case. Conclusion number four, these substantial experience benefits cannot be explained as being a simple placebo effect. This is not just if you believe you're going to have, it's not, it's more than belief. The majority, 67% of approximately the respondents reported that their experience of benefits were greater than they expected, implying that they were surprised by these positive observations and experiences. Only 7.5% reported that the FLF viewers were as they expected, well, 15.97% reported, indicated the effects were less than they expected. And therefore, conclusion number five altogether, the findings from this large-scale retrospective phase one experiment support the claim, claim made by customers, that FLFE is having positive effects for a majority of users. And that phase two research, i.e. to do the kind of research that gets at mechanisms of action and gets at the, the conditions for optimally getting effects and so on, that doing this kind of research, extending this research, including how FLFC works is justified. Um, FLFE provides a summary conclusion. I'm not even gonna give you that, that sound bite here. I think I'm going to close this down for reasons that I would like to explain. And then uh, I will pass the baton back to um, Clayton and Jeff, who have been very patient listening uh, to, these, uh, to this evidence. And that is that unless one collects systematic data on the very foundation of a service, which is whether people are experiencing positive benefits or not. There is little justification for doing more extensive research or in um, trying to understand how it works. Particularly when, in order to understand how it works, you have to integrate things that quote, go outside the box of conventional thinking. And therefore being putting the time and energy into to quantifying the uh, people's experiences um, and becoming clear about that is it's truly fundamental. Um, and 
I'm very proud that that FLFE is committed to that that purity of effort and that foundational of effort. And also for those of you who are hearing this, who either yourself are skeptical, it is good to be skeptical. To be a seeker is to ask questions. So skeptical is wonderful to be asking questions. But in the future, since the people who you know might think, well, maybe you're a little odd, sort of what the heck are you doing? thinking about this stuff and participating in this, you can now say, well, you know, they're actually collecting data on the fundamental nature of the, the idea that there's something real here. And if you go to the website or you watch this webinar, um, you can find out. And so if this helps you in terms of your, um, your um, living this a more evolved, trying to live a more evolved life and grow and help your loved ones, or the people you know, be, be with you on this journey as well, then hopefully these data will, will be of that service. Thank you, Gary. It's uh, your excitement of the, on the numbers is infectious and it's, um, <laughs> And it's really. I'm just extreme. sharing my feelings. You know that you, <laughs> yes, you can't make you can't make these data. Well, you could make these data up, but I couldn't have. And you can't make up the enthusiasm. And I apologize for interrupting, but just I think you thank you. No, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it, it, it you know the way it's laid out really does help bring new uh, insights to the fore, which which I love. Is you know you keep keep looking and asking questions as you analyze it. Um, you know, there's a couple of things came up to mind for me. It's um, the three less than three months, you know, having less um, less benefits showing up there. And, you know, the way we designed the free trial being two weeks was to try to get, you know, within a reasonable amount of time for a free trial to get as many benefits as possible. So within that two weeks, we wanted people to really to be better off. And that's just a blessing to them. If they subscribe or not, that's that's up to them. And, you know, of course, we we don't make it automatic. You have to work at it to actually subscribe. Um, but, the, you know, what we've seen in, you know, some of the other research, which we're, are, is, is going is that three months time frame is when things really start to kick in um, with FLFE being in a high consciousness field and energized nutrients and some of these other things that take a longer time that that three months is where it we believed you know it was starting to take off even even greater in terms of benefits and so this research shows that clearly that um, and you know all this all this preliminary phase one, we'd be careful to draw too many conclusions uh, and, and paint it too too broadly across everyone. But um, I found that interesting that the less than three months is where the benefits yeah. perceived benefits were less. And, and if I could say something that you have reiterated over and over as as Clayton is that the philosophy of radical empiricism, which I'm I'm going to thank William James for. I, mean, I love that phrase. Um, to have integrity means you follow, not only do you follow the data wherever it takes you, but you share whatever the results are. And it's the commitment 
to sharing the evidence, whatever the surprises are. It's always nice if they're more positive than negative. But the true commitment to being a seeker is in pursuing the evidence and going where mm. truth takes us. Mm-hmm. And FLFE has that as a framework. How many companies do we know have that kind of philosophy? I don't know mm. too many. Mm. Yeah, someone, in, someone in the chat said that they felt that FLFE was helpful in terms of the past, you know, clearing clearing the past for us. And that, that makes sense for both maybe the forgiveness and the negative to positive. Mm. Um, you were going to say something, Clayton. Well, when I was a kid, we used to play with Mexican jumping beans. You guys remember those? I think I'm dating myself. God, I have a, <laughs> yes, you are dating yourself. I haven't thought about Mexican jumping beans in many, many, many years. My, my mind is feel, my mind feels like a Mexican jumping bean. <laughs> <laughs> Just going, oh, how about this? How about that? How about this? I wonder what this means. Um, well, I'll share, I'll share uh, something that I think might be relative to most of us that are on this call. Um, I don't go to many research meetings, I think very, very few, in fact. Um, but I know that in our planning of this, the part that I've been involved in, in, in the creation of the high consciousness field, our prayer at the beginning of the meeting, 99% of the time anyway, when we remember to do it, is that we would ask divinity to know the truth and help us have the courage to follow the data wherever it may lead. And um, it's not always easy to find courage. And um, I find it helps to put that out in front of me and ask for it and have a group of people such as Gary and Lewis and Paule and, and Maria and Jeff to work with where we can humble ourselves to something, uh, some greater source of knowledge than us and recognize that we struggle with courage to follow data wherever it leads. I remember when we did the Emoto research, Jeff, we had all these images, there were dozens and dozens. And typically people just pick the best image, you know, and put it up on the website. And when we were testing what was in the highest and best interest of all, we got told that our, our conclusion to that was, I, when I say we got told, it, it's really the data kind of tells you from kinesiology anyway that you don't just share the best data that you have to make you look the best. You share a representative view of the data that comes in because otherwise it's not integrous. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's great to be in this space where uh, we are able to have this agreement between us and it doesn't come by accident and, and it's not easy. So, uh, and just reminds me like how much we need each other as humans, you know, it's been a pretty isolating time the last couple of years. And, and there's times when we don't have the strength ourselves to do things and we have those people around us to kind of bolster us up. And so, okay, that's the agreement. And, um, so I guess we got to stick to it. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. <laughs> I'll stick to it now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was one Mexican jumping bean, and the other one of the other ones was uh, 
we have talked about this, of course, uh, you know, in our little groups, but it just makes me more curious how we could correlate this to either other uh, high consciousness experiments that have been going on from time for time immemorial at every sacred pilgrimage site on the planet. Hmm. You know, and that's what excites me about this is the correlation um, to other places around the world. And it excites me to be part of uh, a possibility of how we could take this standard standardization of the ability to gather data on high consciousness fields and perhaps share it and help other places explore um, how to gather data for them in a way that could help people recognize that there are places on the planet that are miraculous. You know, something happens there if you want to call that miraculous. So, yeah. Yeah. Who is the person that said a miracle is something that you don't believe is possible, but it happens anyway? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's. You could say if the feet falls in that category and that that people don't necessarily understand how it works. And, um, you know, if you look to mainstream science, they they would say it doesn't work or it couldn't work. Um, but we've got this quantum connection that's occurring with the technology and to to the homes and businesses and around the cell phone. And we get these benefits, we get these results. And um it's um it is and they're happening so that's it's like this frontier research where the the, the results are leading the theory you know and the, the the proven theory or the you know in science seems to be just the extension of an existing theory by a small amount and unless you have a theory there's um you know it, it falls in the miracle category but um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so someone just said miracles are always there. It's just up to us to perceive them. And um, it just, it almost falls in the synchronicity category too of divine talking to us if, we, if we're paying attention. And um, anyway, this does all kind of fit together. And yeah, the med, my own jumping bean was the, around the meditation too. Sure. The deeper, the deeper meditation was in the top three to four, I think, in all categories yes. um, of of expectation, and um, that's one from the beginning. That's for me. That was the, one of the most intense differences in the FLFE environment was that ability to to really quiet the mind and drop in, and and we've talked about that a lot on webinars as well in the, in the past, and. Um, yeah, there it is right at the top. So um, it's great. It's great. It's very confirming to see the things that we've noticed personally and that we've heard in talking to customers and people, you know, say over and over, but to see the numbers like that is really. By the way, you just triggered a, a ridiculous thought. Um, and the two between the two of you, it's just totally ridiculous thought. And I'm saying this, I think, partly in honor of Miles. Because I think you did enjoy this based on my knowledge of Miles. But since you brought up jumping bean, Mexican jumping, and I was thinking about money, and you know, they jump. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I was wondering if in an FLFA field that's promoting, you know, all the things that FLFA, do Mexi mean spontaneously jump more? <laughs> well, that's actually research that you can do and you, you can just do. measure yes. the jumping spontaneous jumping <laughs> and there you are <laughs> well we'll have to so you see we translated to do jumps per minute height of jumps and number exactly. of jumps height of jumps number of jumps right absolutely well, to control for temperature and humidity though absolutely so. yes, yes. <laughs> wow that's <laughs> on the list yeah yes <laughs> Yeah. So it's great, great to be on the call. And we, with the two of you and to talk through this, but we, we have a hand up. We could see if Michelle would like to still come in and talk to us. Does it sound good guys? Yeah. I, I, is there an invitation to ask uh, you questions about this data, Gary? Is that okay with you? If people of want course. to dig in a little more. As yeah. long as I can pass the questions on to you too. No, but I'm happy. <laughs> of course. And then, <laughs> And then we'll hit the Q&A, too, because there's a few questions in there. Yeah. All right. So, Michelle, if you're still there, welcome to join us. You may have to unmute yourself. Put you down, down at the bottom left, usually. Yes, we see a face. She... She may have may have moved on. She's still muted. Okay. Well, we'll since there's no more hands up right now, we'll um, go to the Q and A. Mm -hmm. I have to get my glasses on for that. Take my glasses off, <laughs> <laughs> or put my other glasses on. We're a good team, Clayton. Yeah, <laughs> as long as one of us can see it. Um. I'm just kind of, I'm going to go toward, I'm going to go to the end to see if there's things related to the presentation. Mm -hmm. So I've got an anonymous, so did, do you present this questionnaire at the beginning of the service prior to use? The same list of questions with number rating, perhaps. As someone with chronic illness, I notice how symptoms that heal or minimize, I can forget the pain I was in when it's gone. It would be really great to have a list of symptoms and such to compare to after the three, six, 12 months of service. Yep. Well, first of all, um, I want to thank Anonymous for that question. Um, and secondly, that is um, one of the next steps of doing a phase one study. Now that we've done a retrospective study, you want to do a quote prospective which means you want to get this information before people start the service and then be able to track it as it goes along. Mm -hmm. And if one is focusing on medical effects, for example, as opposed to other kinds of effects, you would want to hone in on the kinds of questions that mm -hmm. both pre and post that you would ask. If this were to be a phase two kind of research, um, which will happen at some point, then we would compare this to our waiting list control, or we would compare it to other comparisons to be able to impart, try to understand what's relevant or what's important to um, uh, quote, why and how FLA, FLA is associated with what it does. And I know um, Clayton, you know, you, I can't remember whether you accused me personally or you just blamed my mind, but you said that I was, that I was like a soup 
uh, yes. <laughs> different combinations. But FLFE is sort of like a soup too, meaning it has multiple factors which have mm. to be all mixed properly and and combined properly in order for the optimal uh, conditions uh, mm-hmm. uh, to occur. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a yeah. very good question that I'm glad that person asked that. And and we have the EMF sensitives research, which will be pre and post. I mean, we've done the, we've done the pre exactly. post is I think three months later. So that's one that will have that. And that yeah. it, it's a good point. Um, and it's interesting about the soup, you know, it's one of the things that we've talked about and, you know, probably way back in very early ones um, in, in uh, Clayton's work, the critical factor was, you know the 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 thing that you can change to have the lit, have the greatest change, right? It may be that take the smallest amount of energy mm-hmm. to have the largest effect. Um, right. Interesting. Right. So so since our you know our focus is consciousness is the evolution of consciousness and supporting that with the service. One of the early things we saw is that there are some physical. Uh, aspects of the body that can slow down the evolution of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the early programs that we did was um, supporting the, and we don't make medical claims, but supporting the liver and kidneys through basically energetic support. It's like a 24 seven prayer for your kidneys and 24 seven prayer for your liver. And because that supporting those organs to work better through our own innate intelligence, doing the healing, doing the work, doing the upgrades, that um, then it frees the body to heal and to evolve in consciousness because it's a physical, you know, I tend to think of evolving in consciousness as just consciousness and not physical, but there seems to be, you know, neural changes, body changes, physical changes that happen. And if you don't have the filtering capacity, then the body doesn't do those things. So it's kind of part of, part of the soup uh, there is supporting the body to be optimal for the evolution of consciousness. Yeah, it's liver, liver, kidney, gallbladders, and the, and the GI tract almost at the same time because the body needs to filter toxins better and eliminate them uh, typically quicker. Uh, faster isn't always better, but there is a way to measure your a transit time, uh, we'll call it. And that's the amount of time that it takes something to go through your GI tract. And we uh, we did experiments with this in the beginning. We, we sort of use an unsophisticated test called the BEAT test. What? The, be- the BEAT test. Have you ever heard of the BEAT test? The B-E-E test? Yes. No, you, really? You, you, B-E-E? You, yeah, you eat beets. Oh, beets. Yes. Oh, cool. The <laughs> really then, uh, beat test. The really I beat was test. making a synchronicity joke for Paula. <laughs> B test. And you're now bringing up beats test. Okay, please. I'm listening. Real so you beats. Eat, you eat a beat test and then you pay attention to your bowel movements and that tells you how uh, long your transit time is. And how, how uh, you know, there's the, there's the, there's the, the duration of it. And then there's the frequency of bowel movements and things like that. So uh, it may not have been double blind longitudinal study, but it was a place to start. 
You always start phase one. People have to be comfortable starting. You start at the beginning, you do the phase one. That's what triggers ideas, triggers, gets the jumpy beads going. And then you do the the more sophisticated ones as you go along. Yep. Yeah, and so what we saw was going from a longer transit time, which was not optimal, to a more optimal transit time with that with that program in place. Wow, uh, in a, a small sample of one or maybe two. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know if you had other people in your family do that as well, Clayton. But that's that yeah. was a yeah, we indicator. We tried to enroll a few friends as well, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, we made for great dinner conversations. <laughs> <laughs> dinner party <laughs> conversations over beats right. over beats yes. <laughs> past the beats uh, yeah we also did um i did 14 liver kidney gallbladder flushes uh, according to the protocols in dr not dr uh, in andreas moritz's book the amazing liver kidney gallbladder flush and Jeff, you took you did a number of those, and you took Stonebreaker for about a year as well, mm-hmm. which is a herb that dissolves uh, deposits in the liver, kidney, and gallbladder. So there's so we did our own. We did lots of uh, personal experiments. We typically do, well, we do everything on ourselves first, Gary. I mean, we we uh, we figure if I mean we 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 test it in many many different ways, and then we we test it on ourselves when we get to the point where it's past all the other uh, standards and. Then we have different layers of beta testing in our communities that we roll out through. Yeah. So I've got a question for Gary. I think it came from Joe, it looks like. Um, Gary, can you expand on conclusion number four? Although I know FLFE is not a placebo from personal experience, it's not clear to me why the data could not be explained away as a placebo effect. Wouldn't the only way to be sure is a double blind study? Question mark. I want to make sure we present 100% accurate conclusions. Evidence points to no placebo, but is it really a conclusion uh, or proof? Boy, that is a a great question. Um, The answer is that in order to evaluate a placebo effect, you need a double, you need a double blind protocol in order to be a definitively, plus you need to also assess people's expectations or beliefs prior to. So it's not enough just to do a double blind experiment, but if you want to do it completely, you would want to get both the, the self-report measure and the, the double blind paradigm. What's novel about what we've done in this study, what we discovered and I call it, it really is a discovery accidentally, Mm. Mm. is that you can use people's, the extent to which things fit or do not fit one's expectancies. Mm. Expectancy for benefit becomes a way to infer whether something's a placebo effect without proof, without having definitive proof. Again, in a phase one study, you, you, you collect data, you say, does it work? And you also generate hypotheses for future research. Hmm. And so I would agree with the, um, in fact, again, making this clearer, thank, if it's Jill or whoever this person was. Joe, oh, yeah. Joe. Okay, I want to thank Joe for that because it's, it's really important. There isn't, it's very difficult to explain all of these effects as placebo effects if people are 
surprised and substantially surprised and the benefits are so high because you you it's hard to explain those data as being quote a pre-expectancy effect because you have to, because that doesn't allow for the surprise hypothesis so it's the surprise element that points it points to the idea that it's not a placebo effect the way you confirm it is a phase 2 double blind experiment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's the way i would clarify it. these data point to the conclusion these data do not support the idea that it's a placebo effect mm-hmm. but they do not prove that it's more than placebo again that you would need the double blind that's why we do more research mm-hmm. and what is research re-search <laughs> research again and again oh. That's great. Yeah. Thank you, Joe, for that. Let's see what other questions related to the presentation we could find here. Um, I have one about the gallbladder. Why don't I answer that one, Jeff, while we're looking mm-hmm. for more, because that seems like a, a fairly urgent. So Eleni was saying, I need to have my gallbladder removed next month to pay, uh, due to pain of gallstones. Will FFE assist with quick healing? Well, we don't make any medical claims, Eleni. If you're not on the service, we do suggest you do the at least the free trial. Um, when I had when I started doing the liver, kidney, gallbladder flushes, I was having severe gallbladder pain, and uh, apparently my gallbladder, as best as we could assess it, was about eighty-five percent full of stones, which is not uncommon. Now. Um, the book, The Amazing Liver Kidney Gallbladder Dressed by uh, The Amazing Liver Kidney Gallbladder Flush by Andreas Moritz is the, the best um, way of dealing with gallbladder deposits that I have found other than the product called Stonebreaker, which is a number of, um, a number of herbs. It's a, it's a brand of product. So I would encourage you to read Andreas Moritz's book what he does differently than the Hulga Clark uh, liver, kidney, gallbladder flush is he suggests you take malic acid for a week before you do the flush. Now the malic acid softens the outsides of the stones so that they can pass more easily through the ducts. Um, I found that the average flush took between three and 5% by volume of stones out of my liver, kidney, and gallbladder. And I don't want to get into the ways of measuring that here, but uh, you will notice if you read in his book, different ways of assessing what's coming out of you. Um, and if you're going to have your gallbladder removed, you, you, you may want to do a flush and see if at least it reduces the pain. And if you have one successful flush with some reduction of pain, then you can continue until all of the stones are gone, which you can tell if there's nothing, there's no stones coming out after the last flush. There's ways you can measure that. I don't want to get it. We've already talked, we've had enough bowel movement conversations for one meeting, but I would encourage you to do that. I, I think I, I would have had to have my gallbladder removed as well. And I don't think nature puts gallbladders in our bodies uh, by accident. I think they're necessary. Um, so I just wanted to address that because that could help uh, Eleni's uh, health significantly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So we highly recommend reading the book mm-hmm. and of course, checking with your health professional yes. at all times before doing anything. Um, so we have another question from Laura Roy saying, I wonder how many questionnaire respondents were longer term, like my husband and I, almost five years on FLFE. We remember only the two very dramatic, significant changes, but not the subtle changes. It seems like that could skew your results if there were many long-termers in the study. Um, She's wondering about that. Thank you. Okay. I have to... You'll have to forgive me for not remembering the ends for every group. I have to go back and look at, at you know, prior slides and stuff. But I think my memory is that they were, that was like, there were like 30 people in that group. I mean, it was actually a relatively small group compared to the 338. So even though it might have, quote, skewed that, um, it wouldn't have skewed it that much. But now that she's mentioned that, that's, these are the kinds of questions that lead you to then want to look at the data more closely. I mean, think about how much data we looked at already, but then there are these pearls and they're waiting to be discovered. Um, and that's something I think we should look at more finely. So I want to thank her for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. So let's see this. Do you want me to read a few more Clayton? I think it's worth mentioning that many people, um, we get so acclimatized to the high consciousness field that we, I don't know if you called it acclimatization. I think you called it something else, Gary. Um, we get used to it. Yeah, we, we adapt. We adapt. We adapt. For myself, I've been in, I've been in this field now as you know, and it is evolving of course, all the time as we add new programs and more resources but since primarily about 2007. And the, the times I notice it the most are when I travel and the service isn't on the building where I'm going to. I really notice it. And then I notice that when we put that building on, like we're staying in a hotel or an Airbnb or something like that, I really notice it then. And then every once in a while I turn it off and it's like, wow. So for those of you who are long timers, like uh, Laura or myself and Jeff, you know, you can always turn it off for a little while. Um, but we actually have a large kind of spike in people who sign up for the service after the free trial runs out and it's a day or two and they're not sure what's changed. And they figure out that what's changed is that the service is no longer on to get an email from us and they call back in and they turn it on and it's like, wow, okay. I kind of knew I had it on, but I just got busy and forgot about it. So that's that's worth saying, I think, probably once in a while. It's just you can always turn it off. Of course you can. And and you do have in your control panel, once you've once your property's been tested, a slider to slide the level of consciousness up and down and an on-off button to uh, turn the EMF mitigation on and off. Mm-hmm. So you can – we're trying to give you more and more tools to help you be your own consciousness researcher. Yeah. hmm Maybe we should talk to you about that one day, Gary. We'll go through the control panel with you and we'll sort of imagine what else we could give people access to that would help them with their experience. That might be an interesting mm-hmm. Another jumping bean. That's a, that's, a, that's a good one too. Yeah. I could have a whole bunch of, but sure, that's, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. So, we, so we have a comment from Joseph. Um, 
this could be a question for the next survey. Um, Joseph saying, we've had the service for over five years. I'm 69 years old and have worn glasses my entire life, nearsighted. And, and, and they're required on my license for driving. So my eyesight has improved to the point that I don't need my glasses anymore, even driving. Wow. Question, are you seeing results like this? You know, these physical results for others. So, I mean, if anyone in the uh, chat would like to, you know, chime in about your eyesight, that would be interesting. Of course, I've got my glasses, two of us have glasses on <laughs> yes. but, uh, And I had cataract uh, surgery, so that doesn't count either. But really, uh, my reading my reading glasses I'm, have gone down in in number, even oh, though I'm wow. getting, you know, of course, getting older. So I, I have, That's I'm using endless. less. Um, and I don't oh. really need them, but it's, I don't like squinting, you know, um, in this, to read this. But so anyway, that would be, maybe could be an interesting Quite, or, boy, I love that question. In fact, that's what we have. I, it's really important when people ask these things, because when you start with phase one research, you have to start with one. Some person has to observe some effect. Mm -hmm. And then you look to see if there's two. And then you look to see if there's three. And when you start accumulating enough, quote, instances or spontaneous cases, that's when you then want to formalize the official phase one Research. And that is the history, I think, of FLFE. FLFE is an evidence-based company driven by observation and experience and then replication of that experience. So it's very much evidence-based. And I use the term self-science for that term. Remember, boring scientists, so I tend to put in its kind of jargon. But I, I see self-science as applying the tools of the scientific method to the laboratories of our personal lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you guys do that naturally. I mean, you you, you yeah. sort of can't help yourself. The and I think mm -hmm. that's something that FLFE fosters, and it's something that it also could further mm -hmm. nurture in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, developing consciousness researchers, a whole community of people yes. that can do research, and that's why I, lo I love the idea of more tools. Yeah, you know, and we've been talking about more boosts or higher consciousness boosts mm. so we could we could also perhaps do some research around that um, so michelle is asking can too much high frequency energy be detrimental to a body and just want to make the distinction michelle that FLFE is high consciousness field uh it's not a high frequency field so we don't we don't use frequency even though there may be some underlying frequency that's part of all of creation um we're activating a consciousness field um so it's it's you know it's different from a from a high frequency energy which would be a high high oscillation waveform of some kind um it's not uh not the FLFE environment did you want to say more about that clayton or Yes, it's uh, it's an interesting conversation. It's where when you get into a very specific line of study, your language becomes critical. And it's very easy to 
use different words interchangeably. And in our day-to-day conversations, it's not really a problem, but in very uh, specific uh, studies, a lot of the education that's involved in those studies is about the appropriateness of language that um, is used in a certain context. And so in our very specialized area, the difference between frequency and field is quite significant. And in the beginning, we were looking for metaphors to use to explain FLFE. And we use the metaphor of a radio tower sending out a, a signal, which would infer it was a type of frequency. And so we've refined our metaphors over time. And we've actually found a way to measure our metaphors, Gary, uh, in certain things, because it is critical that we communicate as clearly as we can the exact language that will help people understand the service the most. So the best metaphor that we've come up with is drawing an analogy between FLFE and human prayer, where you hold someone Mm -hmm. in mind and that is creating a unique identifier, which is uh, in the technology. It goes into the for those of you who've heard us describe the machines, there's an output stack at the bottom of the machine where the, where the high consciousness area is created. And there's a quantum association between that area with all of the information in it and the unique identifier that you give us in the database, which is your address or a cell phone number or a picture of an object. So that unique identifier that's held in the high consciousness field or inserted into the high consciousness field in the, in the machine, the FLFE system, as we call it, is the same as you holding a friend in mind that you're praying for or sending a positive thought to. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, um, well, that oftentimes maybe for people who are very much aware of synchronicities, I don't know anybody that hasn't thought of somebody, at least in my age group anyway, we've been around a few years, and then that friend hasn't called them. Right. It's like, so some, you know, the odds of that happening, you're thinking of somebody and the phone rings while you're thinking of them. Uh, after a certain amount of time, there's, I would imagine there's a way to measure the statistical probability of that happening, Gary. Nice. And, um, um, and so that's, um, so that's just a little bit of a context on the difference between high consciousness field and frequency. And in our little world, it's, you know, that, is a pretty big deal. So we're, we don't expect everybody to be as picky about it as us. It's just that when we're explaining it, we need to be really pristine in our language. And I do notice another hand up, Jeff. I've got one more related to the study in here. And then, yeah, let's, so it's from uh, NANZ, N-A-N-Z. Do you think that the participants that the results are based on could be affected by enthusiasm for FLFE. For instance, I do not recall seeing an opportunity to participate, but I rarely go on the FLFE Facebook page or the website. I like your results, but would be interested to see results from people that are not users of the Facebook page or FLFE website. If next time, make, make the net broader. One point I did confirm with Maria, we sent this out in emails to everybody as well. Um, So we did cast the net. Uh, It's just, 
you know, everyone's busy and they just, not everyone has time to see all their emails. So there was definitely uh, an email invitation to participate in the uh, study as well. And, um, you know, what we can also try to do is maybe in the webinars, we could next, when we're ready to do the next study, we could announce it, watch for an email, you know, some other ways to kind of alert people that it's coming. Um, so yeah, we would recommend you watch the newsletter that comes from us and watch, watch for the next study because it will come in email as well. But the, what do you think about that? Uh, the results could be affected by enthusiasm for FLFE, that, that part of the question here. I think that that has to be the case. And that applies to every survey that's ever done where people are allowed to volunteer as to whether or not they participate or not. You are always dealing with a subset of people who are motivated enough to answer. The fact that we received information from people who are enthusiastic enough to tell us that the service was less than they expected and they would and that they did not observe you know many benefits, minimal or no benefits is telling us that the results are not just simply only enthusiastic people were participating in the survey. Mm. It's, in, in terms of explaining the positive results, mm. but enthusiasm for caring about FLFE and wanting to be heard, yes, I think that that's important. I think also though that one's enthusiasm for anything is part of the soup that allows something to work. You know, uh, you've heard the phrase, if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't have believed it. But the reverse is also true, as Yogi Berra put it, and I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it. I mean, I'm sorry, I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it. Yeah. Meaning <laughs> that if you, weren't, if you weren't willing to look and if you weren't open-hearted to see it, you wouldn't even have the experience. People won't notice synchronicities or notice miracles or notice anything unless they're willing to be open and to, be, and to, and to seek it in, in a positive way. So the, that part of this can actually be part of the process that enables uh, something mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, part of our intent with FLFE is to create enough goodwill within the community for people to take the effort to let us know what their experience is. Yes. And um, positive and negative. Whatever, mm -hmm. the, whatever, All the, whatever it is. Whatever. Yep. Exactly. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we were on two hours here. It went fast. It was so much fun. Um, oh. <laughs> so we, we should, I, I think it might be a good idea to wrap it up. I don't see any hands up. Um, looks. Oh, there's there's one. Oh, there's one. Up. Matt, you want to bring Matt in as our. Sure. Closing hand. Yeah. Hello, Matt. We're unmuting you. So welcome. <laughs> good day, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Great. <laughs> good. We're having fun. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm a part of a little group. Uh, we have a, uh, a global platform where we share actual truth news, if there's such a thing, right? But um, we, uh, we were gifted with your guys's uh, product. And this week, you know, with with just like with anything we're considering affiliating with or whatnot, uh, I sent this out to probably about 20 people, all all different from my folks who are 77 years old and very toxic, 
all the way up to people who are the cleanest, uh, most purest people that, that can be found. And everybody is, no one can say that they haven't, everybody is happy. Every, and I'm very familiar with like electromagnetic frequency emitters and We've had many different scalar things. Uh, the gentleman that actually brought us to or showed us you uh, has like three or four <laughs> um, different scalar devices, all types of devices and, and everything else uh, and other healing modalities. And I, man, I'm very blown away. I'm very blown away at, what, uh, at, I'm, at the results. I have never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everything we deal with is suppressed healing modalities. Everything. And so, you know, and I'm in the country here. Uh, we have the nature and it's so funny because I've seen all the uh, data that Gary put forward and way before, you know, before today, I've been telling everybody the birds are louder. I have more deer that are coming up. <laughs> birds are louder. Oh, yeah, everything's gotten greener, you know, and my, my communication level with my partner, uh, you know, has definitely improved my plants my plants are sticking up higher we're in a little camper and they're sticking up higher than they ever my my plants are smiling at me and when it was raining (laughs) when it was raining outside coming down real hard me and my girl and we have a little baby uh you know when we're pregnant again i got boys from 25 years old all the way down (laughs) but anyways (laughs) We, uh, we stepped out into the rain and we were sitting in the grass and we were crying. We were just, we're like, Mm -hmm. I could tell that the water was happy, Mm. you know? And so kudos to you guys so much. Um, we, Mm. we are, we are totally excited. Uh, there's a couple different people that are in the inner core group of our platform. We have a huge platform. Uh, Mm. we expect to have about 20 million people in about a year. So, and they're all truthers. They're all people that are really, I, I should more or less say consciousness uh, journeymen, <laughs> people on mm. a consciousness awareness journey, you know? Mm. So, and uh, I'm just, you know, I'm really happy that this day has come that we've really found something that this affected because, you know, this is not deniable. Uh, no one, no one I've talked to can even come. Everybody feels, I still feel it's been like 10 days. My beginning LOC number, they said, was in the top 99%. Now, again, we don't have neighbors right by us, and we're already – we're purists. We really are. Like, <laughs> and, and, I, and I know probably more about quantum physics than anybody you've probably talked to before. I mean, that's my passion. That's my total, total life and obsession. Mm. Uh, we have torsion fields all over my property, all kinds of stuff. But anyways, um, I – you know, our, our LOC numbers start off above 560, they said, but – I feel this so much, and you know, on an emotional kind of just conscious, the way you, way everything has come alive. Everything has come alive. I've had synchronicities. Now, I have a lot of synchronicities. I, 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 they're like constant in my life. They really are. But, um, and I recognize them because I'm always looking for it, you know, that kind of live in the here and now. And I look, I, I let my life guide me that way. And my synchronicities have gotten so, so, <laughs> so crazy uh you know it's uh my i'm 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 still mind blown so we're gonna get man are they moving into super synchronicities have you read gary's book yeah yeah it's that more than i have i haven't i'm so i'm I'm a little green to this whole thing you know i haven't even looked over your guys's information like i need to yet you know we're literally i 
I felt the benefits. And after two days, I started making, doing what I normally do. And we have something like this come up, you know, and we want to take a look at it. I got every buddy that knows our cause involved and feeling it on a trial. Even my 16 year old son down in uh, two States away, you know, everybody, everybody, uh, all the people that own the platform, uh, they're all on it. They're all like loving it. One guy bike rides like 60 miles a day and, and, uh, you know, he's very much aware of, you know, we're, there's other scalar com- uh, companies, I guess, along this kind of line. I don't want to, I don't know if you guys say you're scalar or not, but, you know, I've spent $300 a month for like a year or a couple of years ago on it. And this is, this right here is, is the absolute real deal. You know, wow. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to do everything I can to get this to everybody because, you know, all of us raising our level of consciousness, that's what it's all about. Yep. Yep. That's, that's how we move forward. That's right. We're about fighting a good fight. You know, our mission's about changing this earth and making it a better place. And that's that, that's the only thing that drives us. And that's our, that's our, that's our, you know, lighthouse. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to take this, what you guys got, and we're going to do the very best we can with it. So. Wow. That's exciting, man. Yep. Yep. We're on the same page. It's our lighthouse too. That's right. That's right. Evolution. That's right. We have think tank shows. We have speak up shows. We have daily news, which it's not like news that you've ever seen anywhere. I mean, it's it's quite aggressive news because, you know, there's people out there trying to, uh, you know, the world's a crazy place. Right. So and uh, but we run our commercials and we're going to be if you guys don't have commercials for us, I'm going to be I think I've already emailed Maria. But as soon as we uh, but whatever we got to do to start getting this going is what we're going to be doing. We'll be all over this. So great. And I'm just going to. Looking forward to talking to you more about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, right, and we received uh, we received uh, your email about the referral partner opportunity. We we ran some numbers and we're we have you on our list to call. So awesome, awesome, you. awesome. Yeah. 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 Can reach out to me. Um. Yeah. And I'll 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 send her another email. I think I I did put my phone number on there and stuff. But uh, we'll we'll get this going. I don't want to take up anybody else's time. You know, since I know we're late into the game, but. Just wanted to say hi to you guys, and and uh, we really look forward. I'm very, I'm more excited about this than I have been about anything before. As <laughs> wow, so well, that's great. Thanks, thanks for coming on that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You guys have a great day. Seriously. Yeah. Love this energy too. By the way, how can you not feel it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say, hey, Matt, you've got lots of children, right? Oh yeah, I got nothing so, but boys from 25 all the way down, <laughs> so and one on things- the way. So here's another research experiment question, Gary. One of the things we hear anecdotally is that teenagers and younger kids start cleaning um, yeah. when they weren't never clean before, like cleaning their rooms. <laughs> I know. Have you noticed that, Matt? Um, my 16 year old's about two states away. So I only have a one and a half year old boy here, and my other kids are already flew the coop because I'm mm-hmm. 43. I started having kids at 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh my gosh hey can, well i'll tell you this i'm glad i'm not here my partner laura she's not known she's not world famous for cleaning and she's been cleaning a lot more than i've ever seen her clean i will say that so not my kids but i'm thinking of now now that's between us and the fence post right but <laughs> yeah awesome. she's been yeah yeah it's it's organization and and Yes. Yes. It's, 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 it's awesome. 
everything you guys actually went over and things to look for with the plants and the and the nature and everything. All this was the stuff. The guy that that brought us to you to us, he. I had been telling him this all we I, I knew, and I know he's listening to this call, so he was probably just laughing when he when you guys were bringing it up because that's all the stuff I've been telling him this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, Matt. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thank you guys for your service for what we're all doing here. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Thank you, gentlemen. I have not overstayed my welcome, but um, I was supposed to transform into another being at 11 o'clock and it's now 11 11 which of course is a very <laughs> special number for me but i was wondering whether or not at least in terms of my participation if i could um sure gary yeah that's probably 11 11 good time to 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 close and yeah we can say goodbye and thank you yeah th- thank you gary it is my pleasure and the journey continues. The journey continues. <laughs> Bye. Any closing words, Clayton? Well, I haven't had a moment to gather my thought. I'm just so charged up by Matt. That guy's like an energizer bunny. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. He's got the enthusiasm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really great to have him see a sample of 20 people all seen the what the same benefits we reported here in this data so i don't know if it's all but you know he's saying enthusiastically that uh, he was seeing these benefits so uh yeah i guess i'll i'll start um Hmm. yeah really grateful for um for all the subscribers i mean it's really you the subscriber that's allowing us to do this research um to do the research that we do to improve the service with new programs and uh it it often comes from you and your comments and things you're noticing and your subscription um you know payments are helping to pay this research team and to buy the equipment that we need and to uh, go outside to 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 others to help us with research and um it's it's certainly dear to my heart um to continue to evolve flfe and to evolve our understanding of consciousness consciousness fields and the nature the, the nature of reality in general and that's that's um what we're excited to do in the research department so it's great to have Gary with us and to uh, so you could get it, get it. You all can get a, uh, a taste of what we're doing. Yes. Um, in our prayers in the office, we often uh, thank all of all of you subscribers and all the people in the community. Uh, for the support. I mean, uh, spending your money is a real form of support. And without that, we couldn't pay the salaries and hire people that, you know, not many people can afford to work for free. Um, for me, I just, I just want to uh, thank the research team. I'm, I'm not involved in it as, because uh, I have, a, you know, another focus in my role, but I just wanted to 
um, acknowledge uh, Maria Colomy, who's in the, managing the chat for her um, her excellent layout of data and her commitment to the mission. And Paula now is the research coordinator. She's co coordinating um, the team. And Gary, who is a, you know, Gary is a, a multi-degree professional with decades of, I won't say how many decades of experience um, and is now, uh, you know, at the University of Arizona conducting research on consciousness and other, and other, uh, and other interesting topics. And, and Lewis, who is uh, really a specialist in helping emerging technologies uh, bring themselves to the market and be a service to the world. And that's his profession. So we have a, it's taken a long time to gather the team together that can support this type of research. And I believe you know, there's, a, there's going to be a lot more coming out. It just takes so long to get people and resources in place and to get the feel between the people, if you want to use the, the woo-woo language and um, the credentials and just the capacity to do this kind of work. And I think we're just getting started, Jeff. And yeah. uh, that's exciting to me that we're just getting started. And I really would like to see some of the um, sacred sites on the planet, the pilgrimage sites that humans have gone to for time immemorial to be supported, uh, to have the same type of data gathering and sharing of data that we've been able to do today. That's a, a vision I'm holding in mind. So I invite the rest of you to hold that with me if you feel that's near and dear to your heart. It does help us in the West or, our, or our Western minds or highly educated intellects to connect with divinity, at least I believe uh, that it does when we have data to support the experience. Mm -hmm. And so for me, good science and good data is a form of spiritual expression. Mm -hmm. I think those are my final words. <laughs> yes, we're, we're going to the next level as it's been one of our catchphrases is because we keep going to the next level. It's not, <laughs> it's not an empty uh, statement. So we're, yeah. Thank you to everyone that joined us here today and in the future. With that, we're out. Thank you so much for being here for this live recorded episode with Dr. Gary Schwartz. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the experimental evidence, resources, and the meditation. You don't want to miss the meditation. It was a good one. Thanks for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a no-credit-card free trial a focused life force energy, high conscious environment for 15 days. Yeah, after seeing all this research about the effects of FLFE and high consciousness environment, um, I think you might really enjoy the free trial if you haven't ever tested it. So the link is below. And if you like, you can subscribe to the Fields of Consciousness podcast and please tune in next time. 
We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11.11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward.